Dubai I 103.8. 103.8. 103.8. 103.8. Let's talk food. Why? Because everyone in town is talking food at the moment. Uh, food festivals ongoing, food initiatives across the whole of the city. And they will continue uh, all the way through the month of March as well as we celebrate all things food and help to do our bit to promote Dubai as a true food hub here in the region and further afield. Quick, simple question for you. What was the last restaurant you visited um, and what was it like? How was the experience? Good? Bad? indifferent, happy with what you paid, disgruntled with what you paid, please get out and get in touch with the show. As uh, These are a few of the comments and questions I'd like to put to our all-star panel a little later on. Just after 11, we're going to have a powerhouse F&B panel right here in the studio uh, for industry experts, each giving their own thought on all things food here. They're going to be answering your questions about your food, your dining experience and your bill. Um, last night uh, and this morning, I was sort of umming and ahhing about how I was going to do this because we've got four uh, very vocal advocates of food and beverage here um, and some great opinions as well. And so I didn't want to get sort of bogged down in one subject or other. And then I thought, you know, why on earth am I? Tom Urquhart, the man with probably the poorest palate of them all out there putting the questions to these guys. Why don't I get the thoughts of a respected food reviewer who we'd love to have here in studio, but obviously he couldn't be with these restaurateurs as well. Uh, also very much a part of the F&B framework and industry here at present, the food shake. Uh, so I said, you know what, I'm just going to get him on the phone beforehand and ask him what to ask them a little later on. Food shake, welcome to the show yet again. Thank you very much for having me again. Always a pleasure to have you. A lot of buzz about all things food, all things food and beverage uh, around town at the moment. But what should be the topics that are top of the agenda's agenda for our forum later? Uh, It's a good question. Um, For me, I I mean, three topics spring to mind for me. Um, The first one is, uh, and again, I think it's been discussed so maybe you want to avoid it but uh the discount culture yeah. i think is still uh, a massive challenge for everyone for both consumers and for for restaurants i don't think anyone is really benefiting from from the discount culture it's such a vicious cycle that restaurants are trapped in um so i think that's probably a, g- a good discussion um i think um sustainability is probably a a, a big one um to to talk about and then obviously the impact uh delivery continues to have on the bricks and mortar restaurants as well it's interesting you mention that because this is a question uh food that we've put out to a number of, well put out to the listeners this morning both online and on air and a number of suggestions coming through from listeners uh one of them right in front of me no name with it uh they're not as scary as they sound but i think ghost kitchens are going to play a large part in the development of food and beverage here in the years to come concur yeah i agree so look i think when it comes to delivery as its current model now Honestly, nobody is making money from delivery. So the globally, the delivery apps haven't posted any sort of profit or meaningful profit. Um, and as a restaurant, if you're giving 30% commission to some of these guys, chances are you're not making much money either. Um, and so it's a difficult situation, I think, and kind of more and more restaurants are looking for ways to break out of it. I mean, you've had no one from Sticky Rice before, and he's logged out, and there's a few more restaurants that are kind of logging out and going back to your point what's interesting is more and more delivery companies 
are exploring these kind of ghost kitchens or, or dark kitchens. And I think what's indicative is when both parties are looking for a change, it kind of highlights the state of the delivery business model as it is today. Um, other ones that are coming through, suggestions out there at the moment, for sure. I mean, I know this is not a new one, but obviously it's going to be hanging around, I'm sure, for 2020 and further afield. Uh, plant-based proteins, is that going to be more of a sort of pressing concern for yeah, food providers? Um, yeah, so sorry, I lost you there for a minute. I think, yeah, plant-based proteins is obviously a, a massive trend at the moment. We're seeing a lot of uh, uh, restaurants and, and, and menus exploring kind of this, this avenue. Um, and it's just... Again, it's, it's in keeping with the larger movement of this kind of mindfulness. Uh, consumers, the modern consumer, the educated consumer is, is so in tune with the whole sustainability and longevity of both their lifestyle, their, their health and the health of the planet. And I think it's just one cog in this massive sustainability conversation. Uh, um, and this, I'm just going to sort of put all these together because um, whilst I've just given a couple of the ideas that have come through, and we do have a couple of others, the majority of them, I've had about 35 text messages in one way or another talking about price and the cost of eating out at the moment. Again, is that going to be something of a concern, a talking point moving forward in 2020? Um, yeah, I think it is. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been a problem for a few years now in Dubai. Dubai's unfortunately got a bit of a reputation for being... Uh, a little bit expensive um, and and the problem is you know dining out is expensive it's it's linked to rent it's, it's linked definitely linked to the discount culture um, a little kind of uh, an insight is a lot of restaurants raise their menu prices because they know they have the discount so already you're starting from a very unhealthy kind of platform in, in that regard there's expensive startup fees etc and so these all kind of add up to uh, having quite an expensive experience when you want to dine out. And then, and then what restaurants need to understand is it's not just the price of the bill that consumers or customers are considering. When you go out, you've got to consider, you know, taxi fees. You've got to consider, your, are you going to tip the table? You're going to tip your waiter? You're going to tip your valet? You're going to pay for parking? And so the, 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 the real cost of going out to eat is much more than just the, the, the food and beverage bill you get at the end of your meal. Last one from me, uh, Shaky, and that is uh, going to be putting you on the spot a little. Apologies in advance for that. But uh, one of the questions we're asking all of our listeners today is uh, the last restaurant that you visited and walked away from feeling that you got value for money. The last time you walked out of a restaurant uh, wholly satisfied, not just with the food that, uh, that you consumed, the experience you'd had, but also what you paid. Is there, is there one that sticks in mind? Yeah, that's very easy. I mean, it was a couple of days ago. It was Lime Tree Cafe uh, down in Alcoz. Um, I'm a big fan of what uh, the, the girls are doing down there, Karina and her sister. Um, for me, it's, it's it, unless I'm reviewing a restaurant, I like to go to a restaurant that I know is consistent with its product. Um, and I know Lime Tree uh, spend a lot of time and energy in making sure that their product is, is consistent. They've got a great training program. Um, and they also have a really strong commitment to sustainability, uh, which I appreciate. So I had a delicious New Zealand beef sandwich and an iced tea, and um, it was all good. I really enjoyed it. 
Good on you, Shaky. It's always good to catch up with the food, Shake. Uh, shame we can't get you in studio on this occasion, but we, your anonymity uh, is key in this uh, instance. Uh, <laughs> so we will get you in very, very shortly uh, uh, under disguise uh, later on in the year. Uh, the Food Shake, thank you so much indeed for joining us live on the line. Uh, make sure you check out The Food Shaker online. You can find him pretty much on all social media. Is that right, Zines? Yes, he's everywhere. He's on LinkedIn. He's got his own website, foodshake.com, Instagram and Twitter as well. Got a powerhouse F&B panel in studio, ready and waiting. Uh, they are uh, all set uh, for you to get uh, involved in your conver- in the conversation with us right here this morning. Um, uh, they're going to be bringing their opinions, they're going to be bringing your thoughts and hopefully uh, prompting more of a conversation from listeners. Why are we doing it? Well, it just seems the right time of year. It's the beginning of March. The Dubai Food Festival is running promotions around town at the moment. You've got a taste of Dubai just around the corner. There are no shortage of promotions encouraging more and more people to get out and about, to dine out, uh, to expand their uh, palates, to expand their culinary horizons. But are you taking advantage of it or not? To that end, who have we got in the hot seats? Well, the company behind Folly by Nick and Scott Reform and many, many other award winners is, of course, Gates Hospitality. And the man behind Gates Hospitality is Naeem Madad, who joins us live in the studio. Naeem, thanks for being with us. Morning, Tom. Thanks for having me. Uh, we've also got got uh, Hamad Mansour, who's back with us here in the studio. Great to have him. A no-frills joint that serves the best burgers in town. Ain't just me saying that. It's pretty much every other burger eater out there in town. The genius behind High Jaunt is Hamad Mansour. Welcome again to you. Thank you for having me over again. Nice to have you back in with us here to discuss all things food. Uh, also joining us for the first time, bringing the best uh, of Balkans cuisine to the UAE through her restaurant, her much discussed, much awarded and highly recommended restaurant, 21 Grams, uh, is Stasha Tonchev. Uh, Stasha, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, sorry for my husky voice. Not <laughs> at all. Don't you worry to that. That uh, adds to proceedings uh, ideally this morning. And alongside you, uh, co-founder, head of operations of Food to Go, a cloud kitchen. He is a bit of our wild card this morning with the other restaurateurs, but that's why we've got that man over there, Wild Kitchen, into the studio to talk all things food. Well, thanks for being with us this morning. Good morning, and thank you so much. Okay, we're going to just go around the table just to to um, familiarise familiarize ourselves with each other, but also with the listeners out there in terms of what we do uh, here in the region. So, well, let's start with you. Um, I mean, I introduced you as a bit of a wild card, but... That's not so much the case at the moment because cloud kitchens are very much a present and part of the industry at present. Exactly, yeah. Cloud kitchens, um, we can say, started in Dubai or in UAE like uh, almost two years back. Uh, we are food to go. Food to go. It's uh, the upda- I call it the updated version of the cloud kitchens. It's a serviced cloud kitchens. Uh, we started almost uh, a year plus now. Currently, we operate two kitchens and uh, more kitchens to come. Basically. Uh, uh, by what we mean by service kitchens is, uh, you know, we operate on behalf of the restaurants or the brands from A to Z. So mm. it's like uh, a franchise, uh, similar to a franchise. It's not a franchise, but how we work is similar to a franchise where brand, uh, they come to us and we help them basically and simply to expand and uh, enter new zones and new cities and then at a very minimal uh, capex and uh, opex and we help them all the way through to reach a new uh, new customers and satisfy new customers let's deal with the semantics first and foremost then is a cloud kitchen the same as a ghost kitchen are they the same 
they have they have different names you have cloud you have ghost you have dark kitchens uh this uh, terminology came for basically for the real estate version of the mm. kitchens where restaurant they go or where restaurant they uh, they rent a real estate means the uh, cloud kitchens they have sections in their res- in their uh, kitchens uh, three by three four by four you as a restaurant operator you go you 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 rent your space you put your equipments you get your staff and you start operating uh, cloudly or or uh, or uh, by online uh, in our uh, model it's like they don't even need to rent. They don't even need to recruit anybody. We will do it to them or for them A to Z. Only they need to uh, basically do some marketing and enjoy the profit end of the month. And the the, the privilege of entering in new zones and new territories in, in, in a very short period at a very low capex and opex. And imagine... Uh, now with, with with our network of kitchens, uh, you know, any restaurant signs with us now, they can cover Dubai from healthcare city up to JLT. And this can take um, three to four weeks and they are up and live and running and then reaching customers. Um, thanks for being with us this morning. Uh, we will talk a lot more in the in the coming hour or so. Uh, also joining us is uh, Stasha uh, Tonchev. Um, really looking forward to having Stasha in studio because I, 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 I am a big fan of 21 Grams and judging by the nods of the heads of the other panellists as well, I think everyone else is. Uh, if you haven't visited it yet, it's Jumeirah Street at Althania Road, Umsukim 3. You will recognise the building. I guarantee you've driven past that building and then, oh, must find out more. Uh, 21 Grams, Urban Ball Bistro. Um, let's start with the name. Why the name? 21 grams. Where does that come from? <clears throat> there is a theory that 21 grams is the weight of human soul. And oh, we yeah. believe that we work, that we do everything with the heart and the soul and that's why. But it happens as well that the latitude of the Balkan region is at 21 degrees. So you get 21. In terms of your philosophy on food, what is it? And why does it set yourself apart from others? It's a modern approach to Balkan cuisine. So first of all, we are the only Balkan restaurant in town, at least the one with the modern approach to Balkan cuisine. So yes. And and in terms of the reaction from the market, I mean, when did you open? So we opened two years ago in January 2018. And things have been good ever since? Yes, I would say. Slow start or? Yes. And we've been looking to that for your organic more of the you know, organic grow your small business, family style business. So that's for, if, if you ask me, that's the only way to go. And in terms of uh, for, for those that want to find out more, obviously, we'll go around at the end and mm-hmm. get details. But are you open throughout the day as well? Or yeah, we are open seven days a week uh, for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Wow. Okay. And everything in between. And you've even found time to come and speak to us yes. today. Look at that. <laughs> so the team, I'm sure, listening in at the moment. Uh, great to have you here with us. Uh, do I need to do I need to ask? I need to. I don't need to ask, but others out there might uh, try and put us. Give us the 30 second sell on Gates Hospitality for those that don't know the, the earning company behind Folly by Nick and Scott, uh, Reform, Social and Grill, Stoke House, uh, Ultra Brasserie, Bistro des Arts, Public. Shall I stop? Or, uh, no, keep going. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm salivating. Again, um, part, of, part of the rich tapestry of this uh, food and beverage industry in this, in this market and uh, when it comes to value, variety, uh, continuity and uh, long-lasting businesses, we've, we've been around for 10 plus years. Uh, and the man alongside you is uh, Hamad Mansour, uh, the man behind High Joint. For those that haven't tried High Joint, Hamad, what is it? Uh, it's an independent burger joint found in a – it's a small shop. We were about just eight seaters, and uh, we're found in Jumeirah. We serve burgers uh, 
our classic line, but we also always have, make sure when you go there, ask for the off-menu secret burgers. That's when we get adventurous with our burgers. Yeah, I'm going to stick with you if we can, first and sure. foremost, because uh, a couple of questions just to kick off the conversation. Then obviously we're going to th- shine the light on you guys. Uh, I've mentioned that we are in the middle of, of this year's um, Dubai Food Festival, which part of that is the promotion to get people to expand their, their food horizons as well. What I want to know from you and your business is, are food festivals, not specifically this one, but food festivals because there are no shortage of them available here are they good for your business Hamad? i mean out of our short experience of one year and a half uh our last year's participation in the food festivals beach canteen uh we got to be exposed to a different uh part of of society and we got exposed more so it did help us in that early stage this year we're participating again with a new concept we're trying it's it helps us try out different concepts different burgers and uh, even get more exposure so mm. for us as an independent small shop yeah these food festivals do help us a lot they do and for you naim the exposure is that something you're after uh, commercially, it doesn't actually make a lot of sense for us to be partaking in these events. But um, again, it's about exposure. It's about being part of the um, the mix and, and making sure the brands continue on stand up on being uh, unique and offering what they offer. Hence, we participate. Stasha, for you? Absolutely, does. We just took part at the Good Vibes Market as a part of the Alcos Festival and Al Circle event. It was awesome. It was phenomenal. And yes, it helps. It helps a lot for the exposure, but as well just to be more accessible to your community. And it drives sales, and it's good for promotion. So I would say yes. And while to you as well, I suppose it's a bit of a loaded question, because where, where, where do cloud kitchens find a place when it comes to food festivals? Can they play a part? Uh, not the cloud kitchens as as us as an operator, rather than the uh, restaurants who the brands, operates yeah. or the brands that uh, operates under our umbrella. So of course they they find this as a as a tool for them to uh, to uh, as a tool of marketing, reaching new customers, a way for them to showcase their product and you know um, etc. Uh, nevertheless, all these uh, food festivals. Um, Helps helps Dubai or making Dubai as as a food hub in the region helps you know even directly or indirectly for fine dining casual dining uh, QSR uh, these these festivals does help uh, Dubai does help the awareness uh, also educate customers now now nowadays in Dubai we have a very well or the quality or the uh, uh, customers are highly mm. educated when it comes to, to food and dine in or dine out. And uh, this is basically thanks to all the festivals, all the uh, the new uh, ventures, all the franchise that comes to the, to the country. Plus, now we can see in Dubai, which is a new trend, it's the homegrown concepts, which is something growing. And this is something, uh, personally, as an FMB guy, I'm, 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 I'm proud or I'm happy to see such, uh, such uh, initiatives happening in Dubai with the homegrown brands. And, you know, this is also good for us. We help them to grow. The Agenda is your opportunity to air your views. Share your thoughts and join the conversation by text, by phone and online. 
You're listening to The Agenda. You're listening to our food and beverage forum live here on the station. Uh, we're with you for the next hour or so, so keep your thoughts coming through. Lots of people texting in on 4001. But asking you, uh, when was the last time that you felt fully satisfied uh, leaving a food establishment, leaving uh, a restaurant after a dining experience? Might have been the food, might have been the experience. Uh, what about the bill as well? When was the last time you felt satisfied and uh, made, that, made forward that recommendation to others? Panel is in the house. Uh, we've got Naim, we've got Hamad, we've got Stasha, and well, all here to talk all things food from different perspectives. We're going to get onto some of the pressing concerns for them, the elephants in the room, amongst others. But my question to kick things off, I'm going to pick on you first, Naim, uh, and then open it up to the rest of the crowd. So, all I hear sat here in this seat is the fact that there are too many restaurants out there at the moment that they are charging too much and there's just not enough diners to go around uh, put aside you know concerns at the moment of people mingling in public uh, areas etc uh, which could have an impact on diners and that's the one thing that i hear all this the argument cost of living cost of dining out etc and yet when tom goes out to do a little bit of research on a thursday evening just to see what's what out there and pops down to DIFC. Can Tom get a table or a seat for love and money at several of the big new openings around town? No, Tom can't. So I've got this problem here. Now, I hate where? to break it to you. You're not well connected. <laughs> <laughs> that has been good. That's been that you've seen me coming a long way away. That's the, that goes without saying. But try and find this balance for me. I'm told on the one hand that there aren't people going out. And yet there are some very, very popular and full expensive restaurants, new openings around town. Absolutely. And we'll continue on, on having those coming, closing, opening. Um, it's an economy here, Tom. Um, and I think, again, you use the um, location of DIFC. Um, you were in probably in one or two venues. But if you were to look left and right, even in DIFC, there are some empty restaurants. So it's, it's not about locations. It's about what do you do? Where's the theater? Where's the food? Where's the value? Where's the service? Um, and, and why are people coming back? Uh, some of my businesses, and I'll take Reform Social and Grill, for example, um, eight years in, into the, the business, and it's still a, a very popular place. Mm. And again, it's about consistency, theater, uh, catering for families, catering for punters, catering for multi-disciplines uh, of, of uh, business goers, and last but not least, representing value. Mm. It's not cheap, but it's about making sure when they leave, they say, you know what, it wasn't cheap, but it's good, what I, it's, it's good for what I've consumed. And this is what people are looking for today in, in, in this market. Yeah, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that. And you've got to get a lot of nods as well from fellow panellists. Ahmed, is that, is that something that chimes true with you? Value? Is that what people are after in 2020? Um, we don't have the experience that my colleague has of, uh, of, of many years. But, I mean, out of our one year and a half of operation – I think uh, more, impo- more and more people are looking into how their burgers, I mean, for us as burgers, what's the ingredients used? Is it high quality or not? They're looking at that. Um, and I guess uh, we ha- I mean, when it comes down to prices, we've had different feedbacks. We've had people who say we're expensive, and we've had people say it's very reasonable priced for what we're offering. And um, yeah, we try. I mean, when it comes down to cost for us, we try to concentrate mostly on um, putting all that money in the cost of the in the cost of the food items into the ingredients we use. Mm. So that's and that's what we try to market. Everything there we do is most of it is homemade. The the, the beef is mostly uh, not mostly the beef is all minced freshly every single day. The sauces are homemade inside inside our shops. So that's why we try to try to concentrate on, and that's what we see in the people that come to the restaurant. They're 
professionals uh, that are looking for cheat meals or even uh, indulgence meals, but made freshly and yeah. using quality ingredients. Stas, just on the point that I was making a little earlier on as well about these big openings. I'm not going to start naming names, but we all know who they are. You know, we've had some big sort of international brands come to town, open with all the pomp and the circumstance. They are the sort of the buzzword around town as well. But they are huge and they charge huge bills as well for people to dine there. Does that take away from your business or not? Not really, because I see these places as more like as occasion restaurants, right? Like even you and I, we wouldn't go there every day and dine there. We can't probably afford, but again, we don't have occasion to to go there every day. Uh, And at the other hand, you know, we are the everyday's restaurant. So mm. we're trying to, to feed you on everyday's basis. Like we want to give you that lunch or, or dinner that you can't, um, that you don't have time to prepare at home. So that question, I'll just pick up on Nine's point of location, 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 which, which correct me if I'm wrong, but you're saying it's not so much location anymore. It's just how you do with the location you've got. Absolutely. And locations have changed. Look at the last five years, uh, how how demographies have shifted, how locations have shifted, how neighbourhoods have developed. There's been a lot of changes. Uh, and I think it's what you do with your location. Again, if I may circle back to Reform, Reform is actually in a, in a community, yeah. yet it's, it's a destination. People travel to come to Reform because of what's been done. The same with Folly, the same with Bistro des It's You can't actually access Bistro des from the hotel. You have to go out on the promenade, walk around, but it's still it's a very busy, uh, busy uh, venue. Uh, going back to your point about do we miss out with these new openings? Sadly, we do. Uh, the, the population count, which you've touched on up on earlier, uh, the population count doesn't support as many venues as we have. So clearly, when new venues opening up, there is a vacuum in the market. I worry about Expo when it happens soon. There will be a vacuum for, for some of our venues which aren't in hotels because mm. s- simply supply-demand factor. Yeah. Are you okay with your location in, in terms of, of establishing your location as a come to for people that come to you for destination dining? Yes, but you know, ninety percent of the the restaurants in Dubai they're destination dining. Mm. You know, you have uh, restaurants in the malls, and then you would consider that to be like convenient dining. But beside that, like for every place we go. We have actually have to sit down in our car and drive to that place. So it's it is destination dining. Hamad, do you concur with that? Is it destination dining? The only reason I ask you because obviously you're a little more fluid with the destination. Um, yeah, I mean, when we first chose the chose the location, we had a lot of uh, our friends who work in the F and B business told, telling us this location is horrible. First <laughs> of all, to get there, you have to make several U turns, and then the moment you enter the neighborhood, you can't even imagine that a place serving kind of gourmet burgers is going to exist there. And not only that, we're hidden behind a big uh, Diwa uh, Transformers there. So it was a very bad location. But I think we built the whole brand based on it being hidden, based on it being uh, a burger place you'd really travel to, not something you'd walk across and find it and try it out. So, uh, yeah, I guess in the end people do... Travel to good food, yeah. Well, um, I've, I've left your comments to last here because I'm, I'm fascinated to see this whole question of location, location, location and where sort of cloud kitchens sort of sit in that because a lot of listeners out there will go, hang on, you're sort of taking location out of the equation completely because you're delivering straight to us fundamentally. Is that the case? Uh, yes, uh, of course. Um, location, yeah, it works for dine-in. For us, uh, basically, we, we are uh, eliminating this factor. We are going to the customer directly. Um, and if you can see the trend over the last two to three years, uh, people tend to 
dine or uh, to dine at home rather than dine out or go to the restaurants, especially during weekdays. Uh, they want to open the TV, watch a movie, and uh, order the food. Um, one of the new brands that we are uh, listing in the next uh, few weeks, it would be a, a popcorn concept. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, they have tried it in uh, one area in Dubai and it's doing extremely well. And now they want to expand uh, all over. So up to this extent, delivery is becoming um, a daily a daily habit for uh, for some people, especially for bachelors or singles and, you know, people they don't want to cook. Apps are changing how we eat. That's one of the yes. headlines uh, on uh, the New York Times in the last couple of weeks. That is a headline that I will put to the panel in just a few moments' time. I got my mindset. This is The Agenda with Tom Urquhart. Where opinions matter. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Key thoughts coming in, 4001, if you'd like to have your say. A number of people are having their say on today's uh, talker. We're talking all things food. Uh, we have our food forum, our food panel with us here in studio. Uh, taking your questions, giving us their answers. Uh, and, of course, you are sending in your thoughts and opinions as well. Zines is trying to stay on top of those coming through online. Yes, we've got a few comments on Instagram. The question we put to everybody is, what was the last restaurant you visited and how was your experience? Shonali got in touch to say, uh, well, Pitfire Pizza, amazing pizza, the best in Dubai and great service. Kevin got in touch to say, Italy, uh, simply, simple food, very tasty, not expensive, perfect. And Natalie Lindo, our very own Natalie, got in touch saying, Marina Social, absolutely loved it. Keep your thoughts coming through, 4001. Okay, I hinted at uh, a... Um, headline, which is not alone out there in the uh, international media. This one from the New, York, New Yorker magazine uh, from last year. Are delivery apps killing the restaurant industry? Question mark. Discuss. Well, I've got the perfect panel to do exactly that uh, with us here in studio. A lot of people um, talking about cost at the moment out there, the cost incurred in their meal. Um, where are we at, Naeem, with the relationship between delivery apps and the delivery of quality food in your organizations? You're asking the wrong person because I have a love-hate uh, relationship with delivery. That's why I'm asking to, you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, for me, food has, has to be respected, uh, treated with, with a certain level of, of experience, dignity, and, and so forth. And when I see, uh, when I'm driving on the road and I see certain bike riders sitting on the side of the road um, with the shoes off, socks off, playing with their toes, and the very next 20 minutes they're delivering someone's food, I have a major issue with that. So that's one issue. The second issue that I have also is I, I really don't know where a lot of this food is being cooked, how it's being sourced, traceability, sustainability, um, how many actually cuisines are coming out of one particular kitchen. So there's, there's really no respect for, for the product, for the, for the food. So I struggle with that chapter. Um, the, the second phase of, of my issues with, with the uh, delivery is it's not cheap. It's actually not cheap. Whilst it's uh, affordable, some of it, it's not cheap. And last but not least, a lot of the food doesn't travel well. So by the time it reaches the destination where it's supposed to be deli- delivered, it's fallen apart. It's, it's unedible in a, in, in a polite way to say it. Um, so that's, that's my take on, on delivery in, in general. Is it going away? Absolutely not. Will it, will it compete? Will it continue on growing? Yes, absolutely, because we live in the world of uh, convenience, mm. and people want that convenience. But I think what uh, my colleague Hamad made a reference to earlier, people are starting to become mature. People are starting to ask questions. Where is it coming from? Who's cooking it? What's behind the brand? And what are the brand values and ethos in order for me to continue on that, on that delivery? So we, we're not there. We don't have foodies yet in this city. We're getting there. 
Just unlike what my colleague said earlier, while about the, the maturity of the market, we're not mature. We're oversaturated. Big difference. And while to that end, uh, right to reply there, I, I think we have to differentiate as well, because what you do, you're a cloud kitchen, you, you, you don't look after the delivery drivers themselves or anything like that, you are supplying to them, correct? Yeah. Um, first, um, let me a little bit disagree with Naeem. Uh, I know he wants to push for dining, I want to push for delivery. Uh, no, we do care about our food, we do prepare our food with love, we do care about the brands that operate under our umbrella. Uh, maybe one day you are more than welcome to visit our kitchens and to see uh, the quality and the, the HACCP standards that we operate at. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, people, uh, what we are doing, especially as cloud kitchens, it's, it's called uh, disrupting the market. Uh, that, yes, convenience uh, is there. Uh, apps are there. It's the, it's, you know, it's the era of apps. Everything yeah. is on an app now. People, they want to have one, two maybe maximum of three food apps uh, on their phones and they will uh, have their registered uh, location, uh, credit card, etc. And they will place their orders uh, through the apps. Uh, however, over the last uh, over the last year or so, the customer, the customer behavior or the trends in the market has changed from uh, there were three pillars in the delivery uh, delivery f- operation or the delivery business. Pillars. Uh, the pillars were uh, first was the quality, second the speed, third the pricing. Nowadays, the first one pillar is the speed. The second will come pricing or the affordability of the food. Number three is becoming the quality, and that's what we see all this uh, war that's happening between the aggregators and uh, because of cloud kitchens, um, uh, brands, FMB brands are able to compete on on a different level now. Um, you know, you can find offers up to 50% on, on, on certain uh, food items. Yet yeah, this food is, is, is good enough. Uh, yes, I agree with uh, Naeem, not all food travels well. That's why when we are onboarding brands, we, we sit with them and we agree with them on, on, this, on the food to be listed on, on the menus. Usually we work on a menus between 30 to 35 items, which we make sure that it does travel uh, travel well and we do experiments and we do trials plus from our experience we know uh, even even now you want to uh, uh, the fries uh, companies the big 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 fries uh, companies they are developing or they have developed the fries only for the deli- not only for delivery but which works well for delivery stay mm-hmm. crisp or you know coated to the, you know it has different names and they will guarantee you that the fries will stay crisp and hot for 30 minutes after going out uh, from your kitchen. So, yes, it's a huge market uh, that we uh, that we operate at, and uh, we see this, the delivery is increasing uh, day by day. It's, it's eating up from the dine-in, yes. Yeah. The dine-in will still exist, yes, but delivery is, is increasing at almost 8 to 10% year to year. And Stash, I mean, just from it, I want to get the, the, the opinions of, of, of independent restaurateurs like you say, yourself. I mean, there is this idea that given the rise of the delivery app use uh, in the market, many restaurants are choosing to do away with tables and chairs, uh, maybe not entirely, but reducing spaces, etc. Is that, is that a concern? Is that a pressure? Well, yes, it was our decision. You know, basically, restaurants are about hospitality while the, the deliveries are about food only. So we choose to be in hospitality, right, business. We choose to work with waiters, not with the drivers. 
So we want to see people over at our place to, to serve them, right? Not to deliver food to, but that's our business decision, yeah. right? And as well, I think it's very important to understand for all of us that delivery and dining nowadays are just two are different, uh, completely different business models yeah. because we have completely different cost structure, right? We choose to, to give you good location, to invest in good location and good facilities. We choose to, to, um, to invest in our service, right? In service stuff, not in drivers. And that makes our cost structure completely different than uh, ghost kitchen. They don't have service stuff. They don't have good locations. They don't pay money for that. Mm-hmm. And that's why they can afford, you know, uh, investing in a, disposables and takeaway packaging in, in drivers in equipment for that and uh, do you do delivery uh, we, we do but honestly it's for us it's more like as the opportunity cost we're just trying to treat our guests that are already our guests and coming to dine in but sometimes they can't, they don't have time to come in and we are sending food their way but we are not looking at that as a um, additional um, stream of revenue because it's not how many is, is that more demand for delivery from your customers um, I mean, I think our story is the total opposite. We intended to be mostly deliveries. And the way we built the, our restaurant it had no bars, no seats, nothing. It was built mostly for takeaways and uh, deliveries. But then as we grow, we discovered that the whole vibe we carry, the kind of staff we hire, the, their friendliness, it started to attract more and more people. And in the last year and a half, dine in because of the low seating was formed a very small percentage of, of, of what we were making. But then as we grow, we started to offer more and more options for seating. And with the good weather, we have more and more tables. And I can say that over 50% of the people we serve on a weekly basis are dine-in only. Uh, nevertheless, we still uh, are trying to expand uh, our, our burgers deliveries because coming from a person who works in the field of technology, I think companies that are not agile to uh, what changes comes to them, whether it's the delivery business, whether it's taxation, whether it's anything that comes, if you're not agile and you're not able to adapt, I don't think uh, the business will be sustainable on the long run. Also, another point to point out is you have to decide what kind of restaurant you are. Are you a dining place like 21 grams? I'd love to go sit there. I'm never going to order something from delivery from them. And, uh, but I guess for us, yeah, it's, uh, it was surprising to us that our restaurant is becoming more and more of a dine-in place than deliveries. Mm. But I think we are looking at uh, deliveries uh, very uh, aggressively as well because I think there is a big market for burgers, burger deliveries. And I also believe, again, you know, the main thing for us is we're not expanding our delivery range too much because even with burgers, we want to serve it to you as close as possible as when you eat it in the restaurant. So that's why our radius is still very, very small. So I think we are also looking at dark kitchens, as my colleague is speaking here. So we are looking at that. Uh, We will get final thoughts from the team in just a few moments' time. Uh, Not, though, before uh, we've heard a few from you as well. Uh, Patricia Tellis has been listening in. She's from Shop Well for Less. Uh, She's been asking um, about or giving her thoughts with regards to concerns out there in the market. And this is what Patricia had to say. I have just one very simple question. Why is water not free in restaurants? Honestly, when you go out for a breakfast or for lunch and you're paying 50 dirhams for uh, a bottle of water to share on the table, it's ridiculous. It just does not want you to go back to the same restaurant again. Why can't it be free? Honestly, a five liter bottle costs like five dirhams or t- you know six dirhams. So why can't you give your patrons free water? Hey!
This is The Agenda with Tom Urquhart on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are live here on The Agenda. We're live for the next 10 minutes or so before the news at 12. And we're in the middle of our food and beverage forum. Really appreciate all of your text messages. Loads of comments coming through as we try and address some of the concerns for 2020 in the food industry here with four industry experts. Big thanks to each and every one of those. Thanks to all of you for your comments. Patricia there on all things water. Michael Beckett got in touch with us as well saying water 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 all restaurants should be made to provide free filtered tap water at least very at very least local water for five dirhams for a 30 milliliter bottle a lot of people talking about sustainability as well uh, independence versus the bigger players and the pricing competition therein seems to have been one of the questions that a lot of people have talked about here uh, and cash flow as a whole for businesses in the industry so to that end how do we wrap things up let's go round the table if we can and ask uh, each of our restauranters, each of our food and beverage industry experts for their their concerns for 2020. Hamad, we're going to start with you. If you had to pick on one topic, one concern that you think is going to be the most pressing for your business, but the industry as a whole in 2020 moving forward, what will it be? I mean, I'll have to speak about um, the idea of homegrown uh, restaurants and businesses. Dubai has seen many and many franchises over the last uh, I mean, forever. And I think uh, it's this competition between the small companies and the bigger companies. And we've seen it uh, up front and close in our first year, even when we're, we're working with different aggregators, deliveries, and, and the such, where certain preferences are given to bigger companies. So I think this is, for us, uh, our main concern, and we're working very hard to stay competitive, to keep the quality uh, consistent. But I think there needs to be... Um, I mean, this is, this is where the challenge for us as homegrown brands are. We have to stick uh, through all these challenges, make sure we grow uh, organically, and make sure that we offer the best food in Dubai when it comes down to different, uh, different people, I mean, different uh, restaurants and within the same competition. So this is, this, is, this is the main thing. And I always think it's sometimes an un, un, uh, unfair advantage that bigger companies have, even when it comes out with working with suppliers, getting better prices. But we're trying very hard and working with that by lowering our costs and stuff like, for example, for us as Hydroin, is our business model is based on these weird and off-track locations. Mm. It offers us to pay less for the location and just concentrate on food quality, service of uh, the service, and, and, and then the de- delivery. So that's our main concentration yeah. and concern. Well, to you, and it's interesting, I've got an article from Business Insider in, uh, open in front of me here uh, asking about the fo- uh, top five food trends for 2020. Um, and one of them is Cloud Kitchens, uh, suggesting that you are in a good place for 2020. Yeah. But is there a concern for you? What would you see as the hurdles moving forward this year? Uh, concern in terms of uh, of cloud kitchens, uh, no, the trend will continue at least for the next uh, couple of years. Uh, you know, the, we, we, we experience a decade of a franchised model. Now it's the phase or it's the era of the cloud uh, kitchens. Mm. Uh, concerns, I don't see it as a concern, but as a challenge would be the competition that will keep uh, popping up. Uh, it is like uh, every month we hear of a new cloud kitchen popping up. So that's fine. That's will. Uh, will uh, will make us eager uh, to do better. Uh, concerns maybe on on our level would be the supply chain, yeah. which we uh, 
you know, in, in Europe, in states, you have a, we call it like the one-stop shop supply chain, where where restaurants and big operators they deal with one or two suppliers, and that's it. Uh, in our situation, we will have to deal with more than a dozen suppliers, and then this is what we uh, what we face it, uh, or what we call it as a concern, uh, and we're looking forward for uh, for such. Uh, uh, solutions. I, I've, I've heard, you know, I, not I've met with a couple of of, of of big big groups in the in the city that they want to start this one-stop uh, supply chain uh, uh, facility, and we are looking forward uh, for for such an offer to the FMB. And this not only for cloud kitchen. This will benefit all the kitchen, all mm. the FMB <coughs> operators in, in in the city. Stasha, to you and the team at Twenty One Grams. What would you say are the concerns for you personally as a, as an organisation, but the industry? as a whole for the, the year ahead? As a small business, definitely for us is the optimization of our costs. I mean, for you know, cash flow and optimization of the cost, you know, having in mind that all the costs are either being fixed or just increasing you know, mm. from year to year. Uh, but as an industry, I really would like to see us as a business owners and uh, restaurant managers coming together because only together we grow. There is no other way that we go through this and all the issues and concerns that we are addressing if you're acting as individuals, we can't do much. Yeah. And I really want to see us coming together. And I still have some great expectations from Food Shake and Tamar Nile behind the EDXB. Uh, so I really want to see that change because, you know, there is always some concern. Is it delivery? Is it the dining? Is it, you know, free water, not free water, high rent or not high rent? You know, yeah. so, so many concerns. But what are we doing about that? Yeah. You know, just talking on the radio show or talking between us. Can we change something? It's an interesting point, Naeem. And I know it's something that you've championed in the past as well, this idea of more collaboration. Are we any closer to it? We're still working with authorities on, on forming a, a, a body of some thought where we represent the industry as such. And I think this is, again, will tackle a lot of the points that have been raised today, whether it's the purchasing power, whether it's the recruitment, whether it's fees, authority, applications, HACCP. Um, so it's in the making, and I think we'll, we'll like to... Um, launch something this year we're working hard on it i can't really talk freely about it yet yeah. because it's in the making um but it's uh, certainly something that the industry deserves and i think we'll uh, we'll see something coming to uh, maturity soon and will that address some of the concerns or do you think there are more serious concerns that face us here in 2020 my, my concerns are, are the following obviously the, the virus that we we are all going through now and that's that's going to have a, a a massive impact on the economy generally not 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 fmb alone but the entire uh, economy uh, globally that is um, the second one is uh, f- for us specifically here in, in the market is uh, the discount culture that we have created over the last um, 24 months where um, I think Food Shake made a reference to it earlier as well by where some restaurateurs are having to put the prices up in order to give a discount which again it's it's really um, throwing a a very strong uh, message in, in the marketplace because w- what we're doing is we're basically saying to those who don't have a, a, an app or don't have an entertainer card or a, or a voucher of some sort, you have to pay a premium, mm. which is uh, sending the wrong message for, uh, for, the, for the market. Pricing is a massive issue. Um, discount uh, culture is a massive issue. And I think, again, this is where we need to come together as an as a industry and say, should water be at this level, at this yeah. level, at this level, where we unite and, and hopefully represent value to the marketplace. 
Listen, we'll do it all again very, very soon. We're going to draw a line under it as we've got uh, a very special guest joining us in just a few moments' time. I could do another hour of that, that's for sure. Huge thanks to each and everybody uh, who's joined us. Uh, let's find out how you can find out more about them and their businesses. Uh, well, if people want to get in touch with food to go how do they do that? Easily, they can uh, look our uh, website with foodtogome.com. And where they get in touch with us directly, uh, they can fill a form if they want to list a new restaurant with us. And then the team and the business development team will get in touch with them. Thanks for your time this morning. Really More appreciate it. Welcome. Well, Thank catch you. in there, the co-founder, head of operations of food to go uh, Sasha Tonchev, uh, who has brought the best with 21 grams to us. How do people find you, Stasha? Website 21grams.me or uh, Instagram page 21grams.dubai or the best way to find us is just to come down to Jumeirah with a picture with our place. Everyone's driven past it. Everyone has driven past it. I can guarantee so that. Come on over, guys. Come on over, guys. <laughs> uh, one man who doesn't drive past it goes into it is Hamad Mansour as well. If people want to find out more about High Joint, where do they find you? Uh, just Google High Joint and it should take you right to the shop. And uh, just as a secret, don't tell anyone else. Now we have the Bud Bud High, which is a secret burger. And uh, if you want to contact and see what we have to offer, get to, uh, we're only available on Instagram at high.joint. And you'll find all the new offers we have and the burgers and the location as well. Love it. Thanks so much Thank indeed. You. Hamad Mansour, the genius behind High Joint. And talking of the geniuses, Naim Madad, the genius behind Gates Hospitality as well. Where do people find out more about Gates? Uh, gateshospitality.com log in download the app and enter a world of um, offers uh, opportunities values um, and and become a family friend good on your name thank you so much indeed thanks to all of our panelists for joining us this morning this is dubai i 103.8